girlfriend that had a vagina like a meatball marinara speaking of subway oh hello everybody <laughs> welcome to episode number 11 of the r.i.p podcast as always we hope you've had an incredible week uh in this uh very very peculiar peculiar world we find ourselves in right now but as per usual i am joined by barnaby and christoph barnaby have you had a good week mate ben pretty banging to be honest uh my dad had his covid jab yesterday so we're getting great uh reception for all the russian tv stations uh other than that yeah. it's, been, it's been pretty decent can't complain um same as usual eat sleep work repeat pop out on the bike occasionally now and then can't complain life's, life's not too bad good and you christoph it's been a bit fucking strange but yeah on the whole it's been all right yeah been all right yeah in what way has it been strange I don't know, some Paddy's got a bit out of hand when it shouldn't have done on a fucking school night. Oh, uh, yeah, well, apparently a lot of people broke all the lockdown rules to have a fucking party to celebrate their 0.001% Irish ancestry. Oh, for fuck's sake. I did a, a St. Paddy's Day quiz, sort of, uh, at, at work. It wasn't, like, for fun, it was, like, work. But, like, we did it, and I learned a bit about St. Paddy. You know, I didn't, I didn't really know, like, I sort of... When you did it, I kind of now had, I had a new appreciation for why Irish people drink the way they do. Because when you've got such a colourful history like them, you drink to forget, not celebrate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, like, that's, that's cool. I, I learned that uh, apparently three million pints of Guinness are consumed on St. Paddy's Day, which is quite a significant number of, of Guinness. Mm. Indeed. So it's the fucking best, mate. I don't know. I like. I'm no. I don't know about Guinness. I don't know if I'm like. I mean, I've had it obviously, but I, I go through phases where I'm just like, is this nice or is this like thick, like you know, tasteless shit? But then again, we've all got different taste taste buds. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd like to go to that like place and like the actual factory in like Dublin where they have apparently they're over there. They're like fucking shakes whereas like you know you get them in different countries and they're like they're shit over it <laughs> do that r.i.p podcast goes to dublin yeah well <laughs> be a bit out out there wouldn't it but uh yeah why the fuck not yeah fair enough christoph fair enough how about I've you actually... Stephen? apart from your quiz uh apart from the quiz it's been all right there's uh, not been a whole lot going on to be perfectly honest with you you know keeping my head down getting on with shit and uh, speaking with you lot, as usual. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, this week on the show, there is no Slate and Celebrated. However, we do have three records to review. Uh, they come from a band called Pupil Slicer, Cosmic Reaper, and Dream Shade. But before we get to all of that, we should, I suppose, talk about some of the news that's been going on this week. Uh, so rather than handing over to Barnaby, like I normally do in a very lazy manner, uh, I thought I would actually kick us off this week with with the news. Now, uh, this has probably been circulating around the headlines for the past couple of days, but uh, Deftones' very own Stephen Carpenter, a.k.a. Steph Carpenter, made headlines a few months back where he voiced his opinions around the whole flat earth thing. Uh, I mean, we we did we did discuss it on the podcast, yeah. And, uh, you know, I think we were all in agreement that you know, 
as much as we love Deftones and appreciate a talent that is Steph Carpenter, he's a bit out of his fucking tree, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah terms of, general, you know, general consensus. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he recently uh, was on the Jamie Jaster podcast where uh, he was quizzed a bit further. And as a result, we got a bit more of an in-depth idea about the, uh, the sort of mindset of Steph Carpenter as he went on to, you know, basically disclose his uh, complete determination that the Earth is flat. And uh, he also supposedly believed that 9-11 also never happened too, which, uh... <laughs> well, you know... That's something, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can read off... I can rattle off a couple of quotes here. Um, oh, if you must. So... Obviously, Jamie Jaster sort of probed him a little in regards to when, you know, he he obviously first put this out there. And I quote, the simplest terms for my perspective with Flat Earth is simply, I know we're not on a spinning flying space ball. Now, what is that? Now, what it actually is and all that and and to what depths it goes to. Bloody hell, this is terrible. Uh, <laughs> that's all still to be discovered, and people are working on those things. He then further went on to state that we're all blind believers in the fact that we live on a globe, but when you go to prove that you live on a globe, or even otherwise try to prove that the flat earth conversation is not true, you end up going to the other side, uh, because there's far more evidence when the conversation is about flat earth than there is about the globe uh you know all our knowledge in regards to the globe is based on beliefs and our education so um what are your thoughts again i mean i'm gonna gonna go to christoph i mean what do you do you, uh i mean again you made it quite clear that you know steph carpenter clearly is you know a bit out of his tree oh. <laughs> so got any further thoughts on the uh you know, Steph Carpenter once again reaffirming his beliefs on uh, on the Earth being flat. I mean, yeah, the whole flat Earth thing it's it's just fucked. Like you can you can completely dis- debunk it by asking them how time zones work, and then they get really uppity. Mm, you know, yeah. it's fucking stupid. Like, and I think to have such like almost like elitist kind of opinions that the earth is flat and everyone's fucking stupid for not believing that the earth's flat is just it's fucked he also believes that like polio and stuff like that weren't eradicated Mm. and that covid is inside people who are weak you know it's not that it's a disease it's not something that you can spread it's just that the weak are going to get it and the weaker of the weak are going to die and you're like how do you have these fucked up opinions like at least Unlike a lot of people who believe the Earth is flat, he's like, oh, yeah, I don't know what the proof is that it is yet. Because a lot of people go, there's a 100-foot ice wall all around the Earth. And you're like, but the ice caps are melting and your 100-foot ice walls are not. Yeah. You know? hmm. and, Interesting. Yeah, he's just a bit fucked, man. <laughs> I feel bad for the rest of Devtones. You have to kind of be like, oh, dude, come on. Just maybe... make music, please. <laughs> Well, it's like, oh, I'll just give him some spliffs to calm him down, and then, <laughs> and then we can crack on with work. 
But what I want to know is that if he believes doesn't believe that 9-11 happened, where the fuck are America hiding these two giant towers? You know, like it's just like it's all an optical illusion. They've actually just got like got mirrors on them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're really there. It's just yeah, yeah. It's a trick of the eyes. Yeah, I mean the whole nine eleven thing. I I mean it's it's kind of, it seemed like a passing comment of his because further quotes. Uh, it's all a great show. We're being given a great show, and that's all I can say. There's footage of a plane hitting the World Trade Center too. So he's kind of not specifically saying like oh 9-11 didn't actually happen but he's kind of making those very vague comments in terms of he's got these speculations obviously about the whole thing uh he also didn't believe that there's no such thing as space the only thing that has been launched into space ever is all of humanity's imagination so what what does that mean (laughs) what the fuck does that mean i don't i I can't even i don't i've lost the words on that quote really uh nothing's been launched into space apart from our imaginations doesn't that sound like a lyric off a devon townsend album yeah (laughs) maybe he ghost writes for devon devon's like hey look man i'm really interested in your views on space and then just goes and puts them into songs like Mm. brilliant fucking sending cats into outer space yeah i mean like I mean, I've not watched the the interview in itself. I mean, I'm just reading, rattling off quotes from it. But uh, part of me questions that where where these things that he's saying are so outlandish and are so like outrageous, you wonder if it is meant as like a, maybe a tongue in cheek thing. But I don't know. Without kind of having the context of the uh, the audio, I suppose difficult. But yeah. It's uh, it's a weird one. I mean, it's not gonna, it's not really gonna affect my enjoyment of Deftones by any stretch of the imagination, you know. Oh, well, I mean, it shouldn't. No, no, yeah, but is he's clearly, you know, not lying down with this. Sort of like he's every time he's quizzed about it, he seems to kind of divulge into more and more kind of outrageous stuff by the looks of it. I, so. I wonder secretly if he's become best mates with Godsmacks, Sully Erna, and they're just trying to one-up each other, like, right, I bet you I can say something more outrageous than you, and Sully's like, nah, I don't believe you, mate. And he's just like, okay, watch this. Yeah. The moon landings were faked. Oh, you believe in the moon, do you? What the fuck? <laughs> you believe in space? <laughs> Fucking <What>? lame. Yeah, right. <laughs> Oh dear! Uh, so I wonder if those just two are just secretly, those are just secretly trying to one up each other. They become like fucking pen pals or something like that. Like, who guess what I said today? Yeah, maybe, maybe. But it's just it happens, I guess. Like these people that I, I said I was saying to you, like I don't know if it's got anything to do with the whole being having nothing but yourself for company for so long. Maybe eventually you do just end up coming up with these ideologies that you then believe are like the truth when you know all of a sudden you're spouting this stuff and people are looking at you like you're fucking crazy <laughs> when you know yeah. don't get me wrong he like reading this it does sound like he's fucking cracked but who knows maybe he's just been who knows what steph carpenter's been doing uh beside you know writing i don't even know if they've written the deftones any deftones material but I have to to find out. Yeah, but uh, yeah, fair play. Uh, Whatever 
you know makes him happy i mean the, the whole 9-11 stuff may be a bit too step oversteps the line a bit too far like you can have fun with the whole flat earth thing but the whole like 9-11 like is a bit uh, it's a bit touchy because a lot of people died <laughs> yeah it's like i dare him to try and go yeah. say what he said to a firefighter a firefighter who was in uh yeah i went to fucking save people out of the fucking twin towers i don't be like yeah you know your job you know what you did it didn't actually happen it's all a big illusion yeah well you say like it's the rick and morty it's the rick and morty simulation thing it's like we're all inside of a simulation yeah well, this is it um all right well i think we've exhausted that one so uh moving on to uh another bit of news that i came across now the Grammys were happening, I believe it was weekend, last weekend I think they happened, or it was earlier this week, but anyway. Oh, the Grammys, the Grammys, who gives a fuck? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the Grammys aren't <laughs> like something that I remotely give two fucking shits about, because... Um, Bill, Bill Burr's speech was hilarious, but that's the only thing I actually gave a shit about. Ah, uh, did you see that, Christoph? Nah. They tried to cancel Bill Burr because he mispronounced some Latino artist's name. And he was like, he he mis he, he was reading off the card, and I think he mispronounced it. And then he said, "Oh, sorry if I'm not saying that right. It, it's this." And then he basically made this passing comment, like laughing away to himself, like, "I can't wait for all like the uh, the feminists to come at me saying, who is this white overprivileged guy who can't pronounce it? It was fucking great." And like, and then it happened. And then literally, <laughs> like all these people took to Twitter to try and be like. This Bill Burr, he's disrespectful, blah, blah, blah. He's and racist. He's, and... he's racist, yeah. He's just like... I've been listening to his podcast because I was hoping that he would acknowledge it, but like he's not even acknowledging it, you know, which, uh, fair play, I guess that's the best thing you can do, really, without kind of getting oh, I mean, more and more people on the bandwagon, so to speak. But If you've already... If you called it before it fucking happened, there's no need because, like... You've already outdone these fucking idiots yeah. by being like, I'll oh, wait for this dickhead to be offended. They're like, I'm offended by that. Just, like, well, there you go. There you go. Yeah. I think the thing which I found the most funny was people claiming like Bill Burr's wife is ra- Bill Burr's racist and I was like, his wife pops her is like, bitch, what the fuck's like Bill Burr's got a black wife. Mm. What the fuck? Yeah, but this is like uh you know, I I just it find funny. it incredible that the fact that he specifically said on camera, like, oh, I can't wait for all these people to come at me. And then they did. It's just great. But anyway, this isn't, I'm not even like, I, this is side yeah. note, this isn't actually about Bill Burr, this thing I'm bringing up either. It's just he happened to be giving a reward out at the Grammys. Um, but the uh, the best metal performance. So the Grammys, you know, it being quite the big extravagant event that it is, you know, uh, again, I couldn't give two fucks about it because they don't give any shit about the our world so to speak in regards to rock and metal and stuff you know Mm, um exactly but occasionally you know the grammys do tend to get things right i mean they do tend to give rewards to where they're due basically um like i mean bear in mind this is going back a few years ago but i think mastodon got one for um emperor's sands like best male performance or whatever which fair play i mean that's a fucking incredible incredible record but the uh the nominees i just wanted to bring up because i mean you guys are obviously familiar with a band called code orange um yes and throw back throw back to the first episode of the rip podcast yes yeah uh, a band that i fucking adore basically um so they had the 
they had a record out called Forever, which was the one before underneath, and that was basically being heralded as like you know this fucking masterpiece, which it is. And they had got nominated for a Grammy, which for a band such as Code Orange, who were like at the time they were like this very kind of underground, tiny, hardcore band, and all of a sudden they're getting like a nomination at the Grammys. Kind of speaks for how well that record was received. And they didn't win, which you know I think <laughs> fair play. I mean. They're not exactly a household name. And I think, funnily enough, they had lost out to Mastodon that year. Uh, This is going back to 2016, I want to say. But they once again had another another nomination for uh, Underneath. And the nominees that surrounded them was Body Count. They're a good band. Yeah, Body Count, Power Trip for Executioner's Tax. Uh, And who else was it? For some reason, I can't see the other name. Um, no, it's not there. Uh, but anyway, so, yeah, they, they got this nomination. And so it's Body Count, again, Power Trip with Executioner's Tax and uh, Code Orange underneath. Now, out of those three, I mean, you would assume that you could look at it in the way that, okay, well, Power Trip, they lost Riley, you know, so... It would yeah. kind of be like a nice, a really nice thing to kind of lift the spirits if they were to get, you know, a Grammy following mm. on from what's happened with that band. Um, they didn't get it. And Code Orange, you know, they, they had released this another masterpiece, that being underneath. A band that Code Orange, I think they just work so hard in terms of they got a very kind of do-it-yourself approach like you know that they they literally from everything from the way that they look to artwork and they they literally do everything themselves from the ground up basically there's not one thing that the band don't do themselves and they've got such a strong work ethic Mm. like whenever they do these live streaming shows they're so unique each different one's got like a different theme to it you know, they've done like a MTV style unplugged live stream set, which is fucking incredible. They brought like a, it was, I don't know if you guys remember Headbangers Ball. It was like a. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, vaguely. Like, yeah. It's a bit before my time, but I do remember it. Yeah, like you can YouTube all the episodes and stuff. It was just basically like a really cool uh, show on MTV that introduced like, you know, interviewed bands and did all like music videos and stuff in between. And, and uh, they kind of brought that back about it to their live show. So they had like this big kind of headbang. They called it Mud TV, but it was it was like a headbangers ball episode where they had different band members being interviewed. Then they had like music videos being played from other hardcore bands. And it was really fucking cool. And then the set in itself was just so good. And the band just continued to just come out with such creative ideas and different ways to expand the band and make them sort of bigger and bigger and, and appeal to bigger and bigger audiences. Um, so bear all that in mind. Uh, they lost out to body count with their song bum rush and you know, body count are great. I'm not, I'm not shitting on body count. I mean, they've got like, <laughs> they're, they're like, they've got some classic songs and um, my argument about this really is the fact that body count are a band that, Although we all know who they are and, you know, they've got Ice-T, I mean, the man's a legend. They're a band that you'd think that 
they should really have won like a Grammy years ago. It's like there's all these fresh new acts and stuff like Power Trip and Code Orange that are just bursting with so much creativity. And then you've basically just got like the old timers, so to speak. I mean, Body Count, they've been around since like the early 90s, you know. And oh, like, yeah. Yeah. You would think that that band really should have won it maybe, you know, the year 2000 as opposed to, you know, 2021, like nearly like 30 years after their incarnation. Uh, but yeah, it's just, I mean, I, I don't know who makes the decisions in regards to who gets the awards and stuff at the Grammys. I, I, I don't think they put it to a public vote, do they? I mean, I don't know if either of you guys I, know how the whole... I don't know, to be no. honest. And I, no. I do agree with your argument, absolutely, even though I'm a fan of Body Count. And the record that Bum Rush was on Carnivore, it was a really, really good album. But I yeah. do agree. And it's like, I think this is why a lot of the melodies are just gone, you know what, fuck the Grammys. They don't really actually give that much of a shit about what's going on in the rock and metal community. So why should we care about them? Ooh. As you said, even though, yeah, they do occasionally get some things right. It's even still, it's like they're not getting it right enough of the time to make it worth giving a fuck about. Yeah, the, uh, mate, it's exactly. I mean, it's just like, they're only interested in stuff that makes money like you oh. know all these massive massive artists like cardi b now you know and all this shit it's like they're the ones that are going to get the money and get all the attention and and basically be given a shit about because they're the things that draw in money it's sort of like there's no there's no decision making when it comes to um art as as a form and like art is like artists that are bringing all this amazing shit it's like it doesn't matter how incredible it is if it's not popular then you're not gonna win it's just as simple as that and yeah i just wanted to basically bring it up because it's it's now the um the second time that code orange have been nominated for a grammy and like you just question like well, well what what more can this band do i mean they've released and fucking two incredible albums now uh and especially underneath where they released underneath literally on the cusp of the whole pandemic like literally mm. as the world was shutting down think about that like the, the band up to this point were so excited to go on tour and like tour the world with this incredible album that they were so proud of they had made like stage production for it you know, the whole band had like outfits and stuff and they had, you know, just this massive production that they had made up to this point. And then all of a sudden, all that work of months and months of work gets like Gone. pulled from under you because, oh, the world's closed down. So, you know, what next? And like that in no way did it feel like that band had been derailed because they just immediately they, you know, like I think the day of the album, they were going to do uh a live show in their hometown like an album release show and obviously well no sorry you, you no one's going to be allowed to go to the gig because the world's closing down basically and they still played it they played it to an empty room and just live streamed the thing it was the very first oh, live yeah. stream concert and nice. it was just it's fucking incredible and i i just think that a band like code orange do need so much more recognition than what they're getting really because you know there's no other bands that uh take architects when they did that live stream show at um was it royal albert hall they did it yeah yeah and it was basically the band on a stage with a backdrop playing the songs and there was no 
there was no kind of uh, uh, there was no decision making or no, there was nothing to make it unique or nothing to make it more than just you watching you know some blokes on a stage playing some songs whereas Code Orange think beyond that they they have like a very cinematic feel to their shows um, much like what Behemoth did with their streaming show yeah I don't know if you guys catched it but it was it was like watching a fucking a horror film it was insane they did it in that church didn't they it was fucking stunning place to it was locate insane it. it was it was mate it was just, oh, getting goosebumps thinking about like how good that Pussifer. was they were like, well, do you know yeah. what? Fuck it. We'll go into the fucking desert. Like, you can't be more socially distanced than a desert. In mm-hmm. fact, we'll split off all of our members so everyone has their own section of stage, yeah. you know, their own individual stage. They got Maynard elevated above the rest of them. Like, you find yeah. a lot of these yeah. artists have, like, either gone all out into creating these amazing sort of shows or you do just get a bunch of people just fucking around on a stage like yeah, yeah. trivium was no another really thrills. good one yeah trivium the same scenario just again just a bunch of blokes in black metal shirts playing the songs and, and they sound great it's good but at the same time you kind of you want to engage with people because the reality is you're, you're not stood in the middle of a, a venue with a beer in your hand with loads of people having a great time you're basically looking at your laptop or your phone and you know yeah. it's it's hard it's hard enough to kind of uh capsulate the whole live experience by those live streaming shows but Although i kind of liked so on st paddy's day flog and molly did one yeah um, and i quite liked theirs because even though it was stripped back and simple they were like in a small pub so you know when you go down to your local pub and there's that shitty little band in the corner you yeah know, like they basically had that sub and that was quite nice because like you've got this massive arena touring band playing in a location and a setup where and like with the same vibe as you'd have with like 50 people at your local pub you know that all their instruments and like normally their what their live shows are quite wild whereas this was like lead singer had his acoustic guitar had his little irish drum and like it was quite communal so it was kind of nice to they had like stripped theirs completely back but in a way that it was kind of like session musicianing rather than them being like the whole production so it's like oh it's nice to see you guys like actually jam which was a lot different to yeah exactly i mean that's that's the difference there really that they've not got all the bells and whistles they're literally it's just them in like a very isolated type of type of place and you kind of you're not gonna have people watching all these like fucking confetti cannons and all this shit going off and it's just like well i get this is great i mean it'd be it just makes you question well this would be so much better if i was there uh whereas you can watch that and you can think well this is good this is just as good watching it here than it is uh you know being in that intimate environment but yeah yeah i mean that's we kind of gone off on a tangent about sort of the whole like streaming concert stuff really but yeah <laughs> um yeah i mean again i just think code orange deserves so much more recognition and um whether that be in the form of a grammy uh or something else uh, i don't know but yeah i just wanted to uh wanted to mention that but uh have you got anything for the news this week barnaby oh on that though i've got two stories i'm gonna whiz through really quickly i had four originally but i think i'm just gonna condense it down to uh these two stories which are overall quite good news actually so i'll okay. start by announcing this is not a drill by the way Meshuggah are in the studio Ooh. 
That's a fucking awesome bit of news. Bit of good bit of news that. Do you like exactly. a bit of Meshuggah? Stephen, I take Meshuggah? it I take it you are a fan of Meshuggah, Stephen. I love Meshuggah. Meshuggah are like they're just the heaviest thing ever, aren't they, basically? There's and no how about you how about you, Christoph? Yeah, dude, I'm so pissed that I got duped out of them of last fucking arc tangent. Oh, because it's just one of those things where you're like, oh, it's finally gonna happen. Oh, fuck you, COVID, you son yeah, of a exactly. fucking bitch. COVID. Well, no, no, that wasn't the. Uh, they they did play arc. That was the year before. That oh, they... it was the year before. Yeah, yeah, because I remember people fucking like they they went to that arc tangent, um, and people were just blown away by. By my yeah. sugar, they couldn't quite. I, believe that was what when I saw. got duped by my best friend's fucking wedding. Oh yeah, yeah. Who, what kind of oh, an yeah, asshole has a wedding at festival that, yeah. season, eh? Yeah. Who does exactly. that? Selfish, so inconsiderate. Yeah, so inconsiderate. Yeah, all in the name <laughs> of love. No, there's only one kind of love, and that's uh, my sugar. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, they haven't yeah, said anything. Awesome. Uh, they haven't said anything about a release date yet. But metal, metal injection. Sorry, not metal sucks. Uh, metal injection predict that it might be a late 2021 release date, so we could be getting Ooh. new my sugar this year. Ah, oh. that has really put a smile on my face. That'd be fucking awesome. Yeah. What was that last record? It was they had a, they had a really strong record last time they put something out. Uh, what was it called? I think it was- the Dissonance. violent sleep of reason oh is that it uh yeah, i think so it. i mean yeah, yeah, yeah you might know a bit more than me let me check because i mean the thing is with my sugar is i'm I, as good as like their material is um i mean i you always end up going back to records like obzern and fucking coloss and oh you know man. it's fucking yeah you are right god, the god, god dear my sugar that it's, it's mate it's insane it's fucking incredible um yeah, well, thomas incredible well thomas hawkins posted a picture of his drum kit on the instagram in the studio and fuck it all there's no wonder that guy's regarded as one of the best drummers of all time his kit's massive yeah and seriously uh, that guys i'm not a drummer by any big kit good drummer exactly spoiler yeah <laughs> travis barker's gonna fucking come punch you in your dick mate oh, uh, travis yeah. barker fucking guessed it on escape the face yeah. latest tracks he could have to get a fucking <laughs> You'd have to get a plane over here. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah. oh I went for the. I went below the belt there. That's Why bad. did you record with Escape the Fate, Travis? I used to like you. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I digress. But Sugar in the studio. Hopefully, late twenty twenty one, we'll be hearing new gentle music in our eardrums. I've got one more release, or potential release, should I say, that is going to scratch some heads. But I, will, I do want to bring it up. Is it Clutch? Uh, uh, no, that was news today. We'll have to discuss that on the next episode. Uh, any of you guys fans of Fear Factory? Love a bit of Fear Factory. What are you pulling your face for? How, how can you not like Fear know. Factory? Just, I don't know. Maybe I've just not given them enough time. I've just yeah, always been a bit indifferent. <laughs> indifferent. Indifferent? Oh, mate. Fear Factory are fucking amazing. Put stick on Demanufacture, if you like, if anything. And like, I swear to God, man. What was the you go on your bike ride. Or well, uh, what was the record that had record that had linchpin on it? Because that's my favourite Fear Factory song of all time. Uh, that was was it? Demi- that was Demanufacture, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, bro, <laughs> fucking god, to that. I mean, to be fair, most of Fear Factory's early stuff they did in the nineties and the early two thousands, absolute peak. Yeah, but as we yeah. as we know, they've been going through a bit of turmoil where Burton Seabell is um, falling out with Dino Cazares, and so I mean, I think it was officially of last year he was no longer in the band. Hasn't stopped Fear Factory teasing a new album though, which is also might be penned for a late 2021 release so yeah. um, they posted the teaser on their i think it was facebook or instagram saying new fear factory album cover teaser pre-order album title release date plus first video and single coming soon 
So they yeah, are, boy. They are definitely penning a new release. Now, apparently, according to Metal Socks, this will be with uh, Burton Siebel on vocals, but then this will be... This was recorded, apparently, in 2017 before he left. So uh, this will probably be the last Fear Factor release to have him on it, unless him and Dino can patch things up, which doesn't seem uh, quite likely, to be honest. No, I'm excited. I, I can't I've always thought a bit of Fear Factory, so this is going to be... It's going to be interesting. Yeah, um, it was Digimortal, by the way, that's got Linjapin on. Fucking idiot. Ah, okay, that was um, a really good record. I love that. Yeah, but mate, Fear Factory are just one of those bands that were so consistent. Um, like for me, anyway. I mean, I, I, I oh, remember yeah. like going through college, and I, I just basically rinsed fucking you know, but like Demanufacture, Digimortal, Obsolete. I, I just love those albums yeah, so yeah. much. When- they just have uh, these songs which you instantly recognize. Like, you put Lynchpin on in a metal club, or you put on uh, Zelda, Edge Crusher. People are going to lose their shit because they know exactly what those songs are. Yeah. Um, but I'm quite. <laughs> it's going to be. It's going to sound a bit bad of me, really. But, like, for a long time, live anyway, like, I've seen Fear Factory countless times. And uh, you could kind of tell that although he hadn't have left yet like Burton C. Bauer was kind of at a point where he was just like this is basically a job at this point I'm not enjoying mm. you know singing for this band because like his voice is fucked now you know like the guy he he can't he can't do it anymore you know it's like I saw him at Blood. Yeah. last time I saw Fit Track Fear Factory was at Bloodstock 2016 I want to say and they played Demanufacture in full and like the guy he lasted about sort of two or three songs before his voice was just fucked. And, uh, it's a shame, really, because he used to be really good back in the day. But yeah, I know. Um, I think he's kind of gone more down the uh, more melodic side of things now in, in, in regards to his uh, stuff that he's doing now, like solo material. But I was yeah. going to say that although Burton C. Bell isn't in the band anymore, and, and if I'm honest, was kind of letting the band down a bit live, I'm kind of excited to see who they're going to get to fill these shoes because if they get a fucking yeah. good, they get a good vocalist in amongst you know fucking classic songs that they've got in their back catalogue, <laughs> that's going to be incredible. Like, I I can't wait. Um, it's been so long since I've seen uh, obviously Fear Factory. It's been a while since they've been over here. Um, so yeah, I'm always I'm always game for uh, not only new Fear Factory oh. but Fear Factory back on the uh, the touring side of things as well absolutely we'll have to see what they do in regards to the vocal situation hopefully as you said they pick someone who's really really good and is a good fit for the band but i'll have to see yeah 100 percent. right well we all done for news is anybody's got anything else to uh to say rumors quote was a cunt well (laughs) that's uh well you can use a public service announcement maybe but yeah all right we should do some reviews in that case let's Uh, do some reviews so we should kick off with, I think we should kick off with a band called Cosmic Reaper. Yes. Um, all right. So Cosmic Reaper. Um, I found it a bit difficult to do a bit of background searching on this band, to be honest. Um, but they're a doom, ba- they're a doom band uh, from North Carolina in US of A. And this is their self-titled debut record. So either of you guys... I suppose I should ask. I mean, are any of you guys fans of the whole Doom side of things? Like, are you a big fan of Doom in general? Bit head and miss for me, to be honest. I like yeah. some of it, but not. But on the most part, not quite my okay. cup of tea. I enjoy it in little bits, but yeah, 
it's just like it's all very samey no matter you can add little accents here and there but on the whole it's just like one yeah. big similarly themed thing you know mm. yeah i think i'm yeah. in christoph's boat on this one okay fair enough see it, it took me a while to kind of crack the ceiling if you like of that style of music the first band that did it for me really it was a band called electric wizard i don't know if either of you two have heard of electric wizard but um yeah i have yeah cool i mean now anyone listening that kind of is very deep in the whole doom scene could potentially be laughing at me because you know saying that like electric wizard is like the band that kind of got me into this whole thing probably equates to like me saying like oh Metallica are like the best metal band ever. There'll never be a better metal band ever, you know? But, uh, yeah. Yeah, but hey, fuck you, buddy. I mean, the whole thing, <laughs> like, the whole thing is Black Sabbath that. worship anyway. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, this, no, I'd, basically, I'd do that. at the heart of Doom, you're basically just worshipping Black Sabbath and what Tony mm. Iommi did, basically. That, that, that's, to me anyway, that's like what it's all about. But, um, Electric Wizard were like a, a band that allowed me to dive into other bands of this nature. Um, bands like Sunno. I don't know if you've ever heard of those guys. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I've heard of them. Yeah, so they're they're quite a big. They're, they're going places actually. Sunno. They're they uh, they're a big one at the moment. But um, from that point onwards, uh, I've just been a, a big fan of, of Doom in general. For me personally, um, I mean fundamentally, Doom is a very kind of bleak bleak it's it's like a very bleak style of music um you know it's 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 riffs that are drawn out that are supposed to just crush every sense of your being you know that that's the whole ideology behind it it's um it's a scene that i think is uh most bands that do it are very consistent at doing it because you could argue it's kind of quite an easy form of music to make i mean it's just the same riff over and over and over and just slow and hard and heavy uh and it's just a it's a very relentless relentless sound uh, and i think that you have really have got to kind of be in a certain mindset to listen to it i mean fuck me i mean i i, I can't imagine anybody that just listens to doom and that's it you know what i mean like mm, what yeah. kind of a person must that be that <laughs> just listens to nothing but doom 24 7 like oh anyway getting back to cosmic reaper so as i mentioned this is the band's debut album um which is self-titled so the album in itself it is it is it does start off in a very doom-esque fashion with songs like hillian and, and heaven's gate what did uh, what did you guys think going into it? You definitely see the Sabbath worship coming out. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's one thing yeah. that's crystal clear. I mean, I'll offer my two cents on it. As I've said, this isn't really my, entirely my cup of tea, and this is how I felt about the record, so to speak. However, it was not without its positives. Like, even though it was like the doomiest side of Sabbath, the production was really good. I really dug the instrumentals. The vocals were solid. Yeah. And uh, Wasteland Part 1 was a track that really stood out for me. There was a nice, very little neat bass solo, I think, about halfway through. So they had some very interesting instrumentation to keep the, to give it like a little bit of extra flavor, so to speak, yeah. which I really dug. I really, really like that. Cool. What about you, Christoph? Yeah, I like to see it. I like, I prefer my Doom to be instrumental. 
Okay. Um, stuff like Orderfish. Um, yeah, yeah. like that who, yeah, because it doesn't really have much pace or really go anywhere, I feel like it can be hard to get vocals right for it. Mm-hmm. But their lead singers kind of got like that Mick 13 from, um, oh, what's the band called? Tiger Army. Um, uh, yeah, like yeah, Tiger yeah. Army singer, like his sort of voice. So that kind of pulled me back in when they started singing. Yeah. But like, yeah, I liked it, I think wasn't the right album for this morning when I was trying to go on my bike ride, which kind of like tainted it. And when I yeah. really listened to it, like on the lead up to doing this, I liked it a lot more. I like, I love the fact that they used a lot of bluesy sort of sounds in it. These really nice That's break in blues solos. And yeah, they got some really, really fun little drum fills in it here and there. Yeah. yeah. Which you kind of don't expect to happen, you know? Um, yeah, I, I think I enjoyed it a lot more the second time of listening to it mm-hmm. than the first. But again, I'm like trying to draw energy from doom metal while you're on a bike. Like, <laughs> it was completely... It makes you want to sit down on a bench and go yeah, to sleep. Dude, like, it was the worst <laughs> choice of like situation to have doom metal on him. But yeah, second time round, it was fucking banging. Yeah. These guys are cool. Yeah, exactly. I mean, for a debut as well, you got to consider like you know, it's 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 really cool the um the kind of the the, the whole sound that the band have have come out with uh, almost immediately. It sounds like you know they've they've kind of found their feet in terms of the the band themselves. Um, I mean, I mentioned them earlier, but the, the album does open with Hillian and and Heaven Hellion. Is it Hillian? Yeah, it's Hellion, isn't it? Yeah, Hellion, Hellion yeah. is yeah. Um, I mean, it's the only time you'll hear the word sluggish used in a positive way because, like, the bass throughout the record, I, I think the bass is just, it's just so, like, the way that the bass just slivers in as the record begins, it's just like, you know what you're getting yourself into, I think. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's just so so crushingly heavy um and uh, I, I think it does really kind of tickle the boxes when it comes to doom and, and the sounds that you kind of expect from it i think that you do really really do have to be in a certain mindset to really appreciate this album i mean obviously you said christoph that you went on your bike ride and it really wasn't the vibe you were after trying to go on a lovely bit of a a bit of exercise on a, on a well mind you the weather is pretty gloomy today so it might have accompanied it accompanied it yeah. but, um it's not music to push yourself to that's for sure yeah wasteland yeah, part two kind of brought that back up but then that was like one track in 45 minutes yeah, yeah. um barney mentioned it but it's when it gets to wasteland part one and two is where it kind of really picks up for me personally um part one is it's like it's like you're being teleported into like a dark dingy bar with like a whiskey in your hand and you're just sort of yeah. seeing this band having like a, a jam before part two which essentially just caves your fucking skull in part two um so i kind of i really liked that section of the album where it really did feel like it sort of teleported you into that whole sort of dark din- it reminded me of being sat in the black heart in london because uh, like i mean we've we've obviously been there and it's one of those really dark, dingy bars where you just sit in a corner and you can just drink and be left alone. And that 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 bar always plays like, you know, Doom records constantly. 
and uh it just really it really mm. kind of teleported me to being sat in the black heart just getting bladdered you know just just talking bollocks and listening to you know crushingly crushingly heavy doom songs um and uh, it, it's seven tracks in total so it's, it's around the 44 minute mark so i don't think it ever outstays its welcome which uh can't be said for a lot of doom records because you know we, we've obviously said that doom it's basically it's all about the repetition of doing the same thing over and over again that's kind of what makes it so heavy i think with a lot of doom albums is just the absolute relentless sound of being punished with the same thing over and over again and it's sort of the more it slows down the heavier it gets and although the band does do that it's uh <laughs> it doesn't kind of overstay its welcome you know it's sort of it's the perfect amount of time before it then moves on to the next thing and i you know i i think that where it doesn't dwindle that's kind of where it does it my, my attention doesn't dwindle should i say it, it, the album just never kind of gets to a point where i'm like oh, okay i'm kind of getting bored of this now i'm starting to lose my uh lose attention with it but um yeah i i enjoyed this album for what it's worth um i think that i probably need like a couple more listens with it before i truly grasp you know the, the whole thing but overall i i thought it was good and um yeah the artwork's fucking cool as fuck with this album as oh, well the artwork's mm-hmm. sick yeah it's the vinyl Oh, is it? Is I, don't it know, big... I don't know. One of them's like orange with black splatters, but the one that you'd like is like it's the typo negative green, but it's oh, like split, man. so it's half black, half green. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, dude, you'd lose your shit over oh, that. Like, it's fucking God. gorgeous. Jeez, I've got to check that out because, mm. uh, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I'll be tempted by the vinyl, I'll be honest. Like, once I've lived with this for a few more uh, a few more days or even a, maybe a week or so, like, I may be tempted because it's one of those Doom albums, that, as I say, it, it just, it, it never outstays its welcome. It kind of feels like you listen to it and then it, before it's kind of got its hooks into you, then it's, you know, the end of the album and you just think, oh, well, I better play it again because I want more. Um yeah, so uh, fair play. Again, that is uh, a band called Cosmic Reaper with their self-titled debut record, which is out now on uh, Heavy Psych Sounds. Uh, cool. Anything else you guys have got to add, or are you happy to move on with that one? Mm. Nah, I don't think I'm all good. Yeah, cool. Okay, so uh, moving on to the next album we're going to be talking about. So not a band that I'm familiar with, uh, but in many ways I kind of feel like I knew everything about this band once I'd heard the first track on the record we're going to be talking about so we're going to be talking about a band called dream shade who are a switzerland-based metalcore band uh and we're talking about their fourth offering a pale blue dot so um as i said a band that i wasn't familiar with either of you guys were you fans of them or were you aware of this band before going uh, into this never heard of no. them before to be brutally honest i got suggested them at the start of the week and listened to like two tunes Okay, cool. Uh, what, is it just like a friend that mentioned them and then yeah, out off the back of the yeah, yeah, I was saying about this, and they were like, "Oh, there's this album," and I like obviously listened to two of the better tunes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, well, again, so from what I understand, this being the band's fourth album, uh, they actually had a brand new singer. Am I right in saying that, Barnaby, or was this uh, was that something I've completely made up? 
I got no idea, to be honest. Okay, because uh, um, from what I understand, this is the band's fourth record, but with a new singer, or it could be the second record that you sung on. I, apologies, they're again not a band that I'm familiar with. But as I said before, once I had heard the first track off this record, I kind of immediately knew the type of bands that we were looking at here. So to put it bluntly, really, they're just another one of these boring European metalcore bands. <laughs> yeah, I hate to say um, it, but I do agree. I, yeah. I, do. Uh, I mean, uh, Christoph, what did you reckon going into this, buddy? And I enjoyed it in drips and drabs. Like, it had yeah. some really, really good intricacies instrumentally. Like, it was quite fun and quite spacey. And it was it was very adventurous instrumentally. But yeah. I feel like the vocal patterns just kind of followed the same suit. Like one heavy chorus, one clean verse, one clean verse, one heavy, you know. Yeah. And yeah, they kind of, I, at first I really liked the fact they had this like in flamesy kind of crossed with funeral for a friend sort of vibe going on and loving funeral for a friend. It dragged me in, but then they just didn't really divulge much from it. And then yeah. all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they start rapping. Yeah. And you're just like, I was like, I kind of got into it. I understand why you guys might not have liked it, but I was like, well, you know, it's nothing special, but it's nothing shite. And then they start, yeah, then they started rapping, and I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. And then you kind of, mm. it settles off, and you have like a song like Step Back and Shanghai Nights that bring it back in with some nice little breakdowns and bits. And then they come back to the rapping, and you're like, I, it just threw me off. And I think, as enjoyable as some tracks were, it was so fucking badly put together. Like, there was no mm-hmm. rhyme or reason to this album. It was just yeah. fucking chaos, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, like you said, you said before, I mean, it, it does very much do that whole kind of cookie cutter template metalcore thing where it's like, Okay, here's a singy thing. Here's the heavy breakdown, and so on. It 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 just it repeats the same tricks over the over and over. I mean, Barnaby, what, what did you reckon when you when you heard this, buddy? Because you said think... that you said in our chat that you tend to go to this kind of stuff quite often, right? Yeah, I do. I'm a little bit of a simp for metalcore, as most people will know. And there's yeah. bands like there's ba- especially a lot of the European bands. Like you take uh, Landmarks, for instance. They're a sick band. Uh, Any given day from Germany, they're also quite sick. Even though I'd say they're more a little bit more like the long the as I like dying route of metalcore, as opposed mm-hmm. to this new stuff. Yeah, I just I thought I was gonna like this. I was like, okay, yeah, it's got the metalcore vibe to it. I've just found the production to be tame. It didn't have any punch to it yeah um as christoph said it was just like i see what they were going for but i just found the execution to be a little bit of a mess to be honest and it just didn't have any attitude mm. to it and then as you said it wasn't I'm, as different as it was in some parts it just felt like it wasn't different enough to draw my attention because like yeah yeah the other bands i mentioned on this list they don't do anything different but they do what they do really fucking well and that's why i like them uh yeah this is it uh, i mean don't get me wrong i mean i i I like metalcore, you know, as much as the next guy. Uh, there are certain bands that, that are really just undeniable when it comes to doing this kind of stuff. Like, you talk to me on any day and I'll always praise how incredible Killswitch and Gage are. Um, and I've even got on my notes here, I mean, 
you, you can tell you can tell us that you know well obviously this isn't your sort of thing but you know that, that there's a that is incorrect because there is a little band called soil work ladies and gentlemen which basically do this shit but make it interesting oh soil know. work are fucking incredible man. soil work uh, this is this is what i put in my notes because it kind of felt like this band were trying to kind of capture the they, they had a lot of electronic elements into their music you know like amongst like all the uh, the tr- standard metalcore shit that they do they did have this quite a large sort of part of it was electronics at beginning to end and i just thought well this is like why 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 this when we've got bands like soil work that do this mm. stuff and they've got the songs to back it up with you know and i just really i just could not vibe with it it just sort of seems like they're one of these european metalcore bands that have sort of listened to a, it an inflames album and thought yeah let, let's attempt to do the swedish version of them and you know not even the good version of inflames either i'm talking like inflames like post sense of purpose clay man clay clay man re-re-recorded yeah but that's the problem it's just sort of they're they're not even trying to attempt to do the good version of inflames you know they're doing the shitty inflames where they just went downhill Sil- after like yeah, sil- what was that one that had uh, silent charms or whatever it was that was fucking terrible. um i can't remember mate i mean to be honest the last inflames album that i was head over the hills with was come clarity and that's like i think that was 2008 you know, that's yeah, like, so oh, sense of purpose was decent. I've dug that record. Yeah, it was all right. I had his moments, but like the head to toe. Once, once Jesper Strumblad, the guitarist, left, the band just went. Ooh, and yeah, I feel like this is just. I feel like it's just take, gone. Be like, oh, the new stuff's actually good. Let's take that as inspiration. Yeah, well, the thing is with this band in particular. So Dreamshade, they did. They I believe they their first record was in 2011, which was around the time that In Flames you know went down the path that they're on they're still on you know and it's yeah, kind well, of what was 2011 yeah so it kind of you could maybe put two and two together and assume that well maybe they've just looked at what inflames are doing and they've kind of tried to run with it but i mean i'd even take the recent inflames albums over this because it's just nothing that's like there's nothing that's different about it or nothing that's doing anything different it's just middle of the road repeating the same tricks shit that you know bands have done before you know i just i just really i really couldn't vibe with it and it's just i just kept going back to the thought the the thought of like well why this when you've got a band like soil work you know that's why this yeah i i I agree absolutely and i'll say that someone who's a fan of soil work as well because i fucking love them they're incredible bands soil work um Uh, vertically head and absolute god tier album proves that proves that after even after 20 years they've still got it and even with their latest ep as well it's just like anything that bjorn street touches turns to gold i think you're the first person that's ever been able to pronounce that record correctly oh like, oh it means yeah. reality it means reality in swedish oh was it yeah oh okay fair enough yeah i don't know i've, I've never been able to get that like my tongue around that name of that software record but um yeah, they're, 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 well, this isn't about soil work, but I'm just saying, Dream Shade, if you want a feeble version of soil work, then <laughs> have at it. <laughs> soil um, work, but for wimps. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, sorry if we're bumming out anybody that is a fan of this this band, but uh, 
them's the facts i'm afraid you know <laughs> just 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 do the do the do the research and you know you'll I'm rest assured you will get more out of soil work than you will uh indeed dream shade but nevertheless i mean regardless of our thoughts on it um dream shades fourth record a pale blue dot is out now um was there anything else you guys wanted to add to uh to dream shade or is that pretty much solidified the, the, that we're not the a fan dot of was it? the dot was really pale yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> all right well let's uh let's move on to the fucking best record of this week it was definitely um, the most, it was definitely the angriest after listening to it, there was so much attitude to it. I fucking love this. So uh, let's just crack on with it. So we're going to be talking about a band called Pupil Slicer. I mean, it doesn't really get more metal than that, does it? I mean, how metal sounds is like, that name? Sounds like a Cannibal Corpse song. Fucking Pupil Slicer. I love it. So heavy. Um, so a three-piece band who are based from jolly old London, would you believe? And this is their debut record called Mirrors on prosthetic records so i've been seeing a lot of hype around uh this record over the past week and if you can't tell already i mean fuck me i i'm i'm well on board with this <laughs> this is my shit but um on paper i suppose you could categorize this as like a frantic hardcore band doing death metal i mean would you guys agree with that or oh yeah no, I, would, I would i would agree yeah cool uh so i'll start with i'll start with you barnaby uh, i mean what did you think about pupil slicer and their debut record chaotic but really in a really really yeah. good way i think it's just yeah. when you get to the fur the first track martyrs just kicks off and just like screaming blast beats all over the place it's like i actually got a little bit of early dillinger escape plan out of it because they yeah. do have that mathcore sound to it. and while mathcore really isn't my bag this just seemed to have a little bit more of a metal edge to it which was like oh that's interesting i dig what they're doing yeah well absolutely uh christoph what did you reckon mate i fucking loved it it was just depravitous like the amount of vile noises that they could make yeah. between the guitar and the vocals was just oh mate it's it just like i mean that every bit is brutal like you hear the name pupil slash you like oh that sounds disgusting you know wait until you actually fucking they start playing and yeah. on a record like prosthetic records did you say it was uh yeah, yeah. Like the whole thing just sounds like fucking torture in the best <laughs> the best kind of torture best possible way, yeah. yeah dude exactly i mean for a free piece as well it's just it, the noise that they make it's it's insane um see i kind of wanted to go off on like a bit of a a bit more well, not a tangent so much as like a uh a bit of a fact really i mean we, we've talked about a number of records on this show now and um as much as we've collectively praised them and you know, we talked about, I mean, the very first episode, we talked about Cataclysm Barnaby and, you know, we agreed how yeah. much of a good record that was by them. Yeah, um, and Code Orange as well. Yeah, uh, Code Orange, Ectomorph, Nervosa, you know, to name a few. I mean, we've all we've all agreed that they're great albums yeah. from great metal bands. Um, Absolutely. Now, granted, this is Pupil Slice's debut, but I listened to to this record and... 
immediately you know that this band they're not going to be tied down by any kind of restraints that said genres have on bands so you know cataclysm death metal ectomorph groove metal you know fucking nervosa they're like power metally like extreme metalish but as we said on the reviews you know we made a point of it that as great as these are they never kind of veer outside of their comfort zone they're only ever going to be a death metal record or like a groove mm. metal record yeah whereas, they are pretty much set in the tracks which they made yeah whereas in pupil slicer i mean you got this band that are just doing absolute white hot savagery with in your face hardcore aggression and beatdowns and then there's almost this effortlessly they'll just decide to chuck in like a very mathcore-esque riff um all compiled together with these like subtle electronics that just make it an absolute whirlwind to the senses i mean it's just immediately you know that this is a band that are not going to be restrained to the confines of a genre they're not going to be put in a box you know and uh, i i immediately as soon as i put it on i was just so happy i was just like oh finally a record that doesn't stick to the you know the, the whole lane of no you're a band that plays this style of music and you shouldn't veer from any you know any kind of fucking deviation and it's just it made me so happy listening to it it basically takes the rule book and sets it a line smiles at it while doing it yeah and we need more bands like that in metal i think as well i mean i mentioned that i can't remember when i mentioned i mentioned like there's good thing like bands like baby metal and ghost exist because they just take the rule book and torch it Mm -hmm. maybe this could be a band that could help carry that on in the future you never know because they could go on to do big things this band i think Mm. oh 100 what are you going to say, Christoph? Just say they have, yeah, man. They have like obviously they just have this blistering fucking sound, mm. and you get into tunes like Husk, where you're like, oh, okay, all of a sudden it becomes like proper hardcore punk, you know? Yeah. Like, like it sounds like a completely different sort of thing, and like, I think probably my favorite track on the record was like "Mirrors Are More Fun Than Television." Yeah, and that tune's just great because it just slowly descends into fucking chaos yeah. you know just name, build name as, build. Well. as soon as i saw it i was like i like i want to listen to this in order but i also like really want to just push that and then yeah. i found myself checking my phone like oh which song so oh it was that one fuck yeah, yeah. like maybe, and that outro song like, like i love the fact that they hit these like seven minute tunes you know yeah like, some bands in this sort of a genre it's just over and done with, but they're like, no, we're going to take our fucking time. And you get yep. to the collective unconsciousness, yep. the outro song. And again, I, I restarted it because I thought I had missed a bit. Mm. And then was like, oh shit, wait, hang on. I restarted it and was like, fuck, it's seven minutes. It's not that I missed the intro of this no. song. It's that I'm halfway through and I yeah. just didn't expect it. And like, they wind it down and like, it's so weird that something could be so aggressive and intense and then by the end of it, you're like, oh, a moment of calm. And you're like, oh, fuck, it's over. I feel yeah. wrong. Like, <laughs> like, like you've like tailed off this album in the best way possible. But also, I'm like, I don't want it to end. Like, yeah. Yeah. And how just... many albums like that can, like this, can you say that about? You know, it's normally you, you kind of associate just these crazy, crazy, blisteringly heavy, savage records. And like, <laughs> you never expect to be, um, 
you know, coming across like a seven minute song in one. But yeah, this band just don't give a fuck. They'll they'll come out with a song, like you say, collective and conscious. And it'll just be like, well, fuck me, like closing an album with a seven minute song for a band like this. Like, who else is doing that? You know? I feel like they might have got some shit like, you can't have a fucking seven minute song, you know? And they're like, yeah. okay, fuck it. We're going to make it six minutes and 59 seconds. Fuck you. The record oh, label, like, sorry, seven that. minutes is too long. Well, fine. Oh, we're going to like six, take that one second six, off. Six fifty nine 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 nine. Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. I like bands like that. Just be like, nah, fuck you. <laughs> I, I just love how this band just... The titles of the songs alone, you know, it's Stabbing Spiders, Husk, Worthless, Wounds Upon My Skin. Uh, Christoph mentioned it. Mirrors are more fun save, than television. Save the dream, kill your friends. Yeah, like, fuck me. Like, it's just <laughs> so good. I love it. I love the I titles. I ain't got any dreams worth killing my friends over. And, mate, like, <laughs> it's just, at the moment, um, I mean, I, I put this in my notes. I mean, it's probably... It sounds vague, but I mean, it's kind of you've you've got like like a massive venom prism crossed with code orange vibes about it. And although I made that kind of comparison in my head, that there's so much more than that. But if you want to kind of get a basic idea, you can kind of put the band in the middle of venom prism and code orange and get a rough idea of of mm. you know what what the band sound like. But I mean, if if that alone doesn't get you excited you know like a band that sound like a mix of code orange and, and venom prison two of which are one of like the most exciting bands in the genre at the moment i mean fuck me like just get in the coffin you know just just get in the coffin and, and let brilliant bands like this bury you you know yeah and, and then on the headphone it will just read this as follows r.i.p barney he liked godsmack and burgers Oh, dot, dot, dot. How, how's that how's that for a eulogy fucking boring right so like you know get on board with this band people because fuck me yeah. be more interesting like pupil slicer <laughs> thanks you for know? chucking me to the calls even though i've praised this band steven really appreciate that well you i'm just saying that because you're wearing a godsmack t-shirt the other week mate you know i i, I i'm allowed to have like i'm it. allowed to have varied tastes I'm allowed to have bad taste in music. You're allowed to have Everyone varied is. taste, yet you eat nothing but fucking beef burgers. No sauce, no nothing, just beef burgers, and that's it. And he uh, likes that's for, the, that's for the people that listen to Buck Cherry. I don't go that low. Well, even they've got like sexy bitch, and that's a that's an alright song. He's secretly wearing a Buck Cherry fucking wife beater underneath his machine head hoodie. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not. Yeah, he's got like you know those fake tattoo sleeves you can buy that he put it's on. It's Sabaton. Oh, yeah. Saxon. Oh. I've got, right. metal. I've got some Greg metal on me today. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, I mean, <laughs> getting back to the pupil slicer, um, before we start talking about saxing, which, you know, I don't want to particularly do. Um, yeah, like, again, I just can't, I really can't recommend this band enough, considering the fact that, you know, this is a, a band that, this is a debut and i think they've only got like i was checking their socials earlier and they, they've not got a massive social media like following right now but you can guarantee that that's going to change after this record because how can you deny this you know it's just so good and i i i honestly can't wait to see what this band do next you know um and hopefully hopefully there'll be the opportunity to see them do this live because uh 
I can't imagine how biblical this will sound. But do you guys have any other opinion, other thoughts on pupil slicer, or is that uh, that more or less hit the nail on the head? Uh, no. I don't think so. No, I think we've said yeah. everything we needed to say. Can't right. wait to see them produce some more shit. I mean, if this is what they do straight off the bat, yeah, but knows what they're doing. They're more comfortable, you know. I yeah. mean, you can just hope it doesn't it. tame off any. Oh fuck no! I mean, <laughs> they build on this. Then yeah. fuck. I mean, can you imagine the, what we're going to get next from this band? I mean, fuck me. <laughs> we can't even imagine it. But um, yeah, again, that is a band called uh, Pupil Slicer with their debut record, Mirrors, on Prosthetic Records. It is out now. Uh, all right. Well, would you believe it, fellas? That actually brings us to the end of the show. I mean, uh, there's uh, no other records to talk about. There's no other news to talk about. So any thoughts on this episode? Do you think it went well? Yeah, I think it went. Yeah. I think it went brilliantly. So, I was going to say. So, we were all talking before pre-show on what our wrestling music would be. So, oh shit, yeah, yeah. Let's dive into this. All right. Uh, well, shall we each guess what? Like, so we'll put it into perspective for you, folks. So, imagine like all three of us are wrestlers, right? I mean, despite our voices, we're not wrestlers. Just want to put it out no, there. Unfortunately, not. We're not wrestlers. We're not, you know, we're not crying steroid juice. But put it, you know, just hypothetically, we're wrestlers. This is like the they always have wrestling TV shows that start with letters, don't they? Like WWC or WCW, WWF. I don't know. We'll be call it like you know X One, fucking. I don't know. You get you get the fucking idea. They're all like you know letters that resemble some useless meaning for like world wrestling federation or world wrestling tag team mud champions whatever it is but we were gonna think like well these muscly men that are walking out so i don't know a creed and shit like that it's not very intimidating um but if we were to be wrestlers we were figuring well what would our what would our songs be so um i was looking at christoph and i was i was thinking well you know you, you kind of got a you've got to take into account like you know what what would his special wrestling move be would it be the double arm forehand fisted smash or uh you know would it just be him tickling his opponent with his mustache relentlessly <laughs> <laughs> he was tapping on the mat so i was thinking maybe uh, a good zz top song would maybe be a good uh, a good sort of song for christoph as he came out you know what i mean like zz top being the beard bandits that they are oh, you're in trouble baby i'm gonna tickle you with my mustache you get the idea. I feel like listening to that now makes me feel like if I was to be a wrestler and that was my music, I'd need a fucking bandana. <laughs> like, yeah. Bring yeah, the whole could, thing I together. Doing that, mate. Like you just coming out with a bandana that's like, I don't know, that'll be your ring attire. It'll just cover your sack like it's a caveman cloth. <laughs> and then uh and then when it came to kind of pinning your opponent down and tickling with the mustache, that's when you rip off the bandana and start like swinging it in the air like the new port helicopter whilst you're tickling them you know fucking right yeah yeah but that's my pick for christoph anyway i mean um what would you reckon barnaby and what would you give christoph for his uh wrestling his wrestling theme song it's a bit of a difficult one isn't it i see where you're coming from on the zz top but uh 
So actually, something by ZZ Top sounds like a good shout. Actually, I can't right, think of anything else. Yeah, it has to be ZZ Top. I mean, go on, Christoph. You tell us what it would be, mate. What I reckon it would be. I reckon it'd be like. I don't care what Manson said. Like, but then it's got a similar sort of vibe to ZZ Top, you know? Just cheesy fucking fist pumping rock and roll. Yeah. Oh, well, like, yeah, we weren't far off the ball mark then, really. Yeah, I'm quite... uh, I still think it should be ZZ Top, to be honest, though, mate. I think that I... I'll speak to the manager. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have a word with... uh, What's his name? Fucking Vincent McMahon. I'm sure he's looking to sign a. Uh... I watched a documentary of him in last night. It's called Beyond the Mat, right? And there was like he was looking, he was trying to recruit wrestlers, and like he always asks these big muscly dudes, like, okay, well, other than being big and muscly, what other talents have you got? And the guy's like, uh, uh, I, I can be sick on command. It's like, oh, <laughs> it's like I, I, I can throw up whenever I want. It's like, oh, can you prove that? Get a bucket in here! Get a bucket in here! And the guy's like looking all like sheepish, and his eye, his fucking pupils all dilated, like, oh no, oh no! And like, and he says like, okay, now you're gonna be sick for me if you can throw up into that bucket. You got a job, buddy. You got the job, buddy. And he's there, just like, okay, Mister McMahon. And he's there, like, <gasps> <laughs> trying to throw up into this bucket. Oh, and sake. like, Mister McMahon's like. Are you gonna puke? Yeah, he's gonna puke. He's gonna puke. It's fucking mate. It's called Beyond the Mountain. Check it out. It will change your life. Anyway, let's go to uh, Barnaby now. Barney. Barney. Yeah. Are you gonna go first? No, I'll let you go first. See, I reckon Barney would have. He'd either have like some big fucking cannony sabaton shit or yeah. something really fucking high energy. I could imagine Barney busting down to some fucking fireworks and saliva's click, click, <laughs> boom, but like straight into the chorus. Fuck the first verse. Just into the chorus. Barney doing that whole way. You throw one leg in the air and punch both sky yeah. in both directions. Like I reckon yeah, yeah. that would he'd be all over that shit. He would. He would go for the whole sex appeal thing. I think. Like, oh yeah. Yeah, like, oh, have all the women screaming his name. Those... Oh no, it's the Barney Nator. Oh, it's the Barney Nator. Big yeah. Kanye West style glasses on. Ah, oh, he'd be perfect at that. <laughs> what yeah. do you reckon he'd be on? Uh, see, I was thinking that. I mean, he, he, he's got quite a very pale complexion, so I was thinking pretty fly for a white guy by the Offspring. Uh, <laughs> no one uses know. the Offspring for wrestling. That'd be too tame. Oh, no. I've got to scream obnoxious douche when I come into the arena. Like you wouldn't come, you like you wouldn't come out until the guitar hits. So it would be like, you know, give it to me, baby. <laughs> and then the minute the guitar comes out, you fucking then just emerge with loads of fireworks, doing like a fucking karate kick as you come out. <laughs> wouldn't that be fucking awesome? I think you would look good doing that. That would look good on your Barnaby. You know, it matches your complexion. What would you choose for yourself then, Barno? I'd probably do a click, click, boom, by saliva because I have to make it fucking terrible. <laughs> it's a oh, hallmark God. of every wrestler's theme song. It's all the bunch of shitty metal, new metal bands that aren't relevant anymore. I've got to do click, click, boom, by saliva. Get the <laughs> fucking crowd moving. Go back to, throw back to like 2000 and fucking two. Jesus Christ. All right, fair enough. Well, I suppose, I mean, I, I kind of know what you guys are going to fucking use for mine, really. So I don't think, you know. You see but that. Shall I go? Shall I go first, Christoph? Yeah, do it. I th- I think Stephen would come out to Alpha and Omega by King Eight Ten. Just just obnoxious. Who the fuck are you? 
You know, like the opening line of the song. I can see you walking out to that. Yeah, that's because you good... want some. You want something that's going to be imitating. Like, let's face it, David Gunn and the music video for that song looks fucking terrifying. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's hard not to uh, be intimidated with King Eight Ten. That's for sure. Or David Gunn. I'm happy with that. Now this is where the fucking idiocy starts. Go on, Christoph. What would you? Uh, what would you give See, me then, mate? I want to set the scene right. So. First asshole's just come through. Barney's had his fucking click, click, boom. He's fucking done the worm halfway down the thing. He's in oh, the so ring. We're, we're all in around. like a we're all in like a triple threat match. So now nah, you're just I'm gonna watch you beat the shit. I'm gonna commentate on you and Barney beating the shit out of each other. All oh, right, okay, fair enough. And yeah. then everything goes black, and the fucking crowd goes silent. And then you have Eyeless by Slipknot start playing. Oh. Right, lighting everywhere to the drum and bass. Everyone's looking at the runway. Fucking Steven comes like through the back ass door. Because <laughs> I feel like the idea of smoke and then the alarm sound of Erasmus was just too predictable. Here comes the Shadow yeah, Man. That's what I was waiting for. I was waiting for you guys to do the whole Rasmus thing. Um... For any lo- for any listeners of the show who don't understand a joke, we have a little bit of an internal running joke going with that. Stephen looks like the singer of the um, Finnish alternative rock band, the Rasmus, the other one who yeah. did the whole Wet in the Shadows song back in 2000. Was it 2003 off of Dead Letters? I don't know, mate. Yes. See, Stephen doesn't even know his own material. I, was, just, I took too many her. drugs after I signed that contract and I forgot it all. Fuck's sake. Why didn't I say that you should have come out to a Foo Fighters song like Barnaby? Because Chris, <laughs> as we've said, Christoph does share an uncanny resemblance to our Dave Grohl. But yeah, I'm, I'm quite, here comes uh, the confession man. Mate, well, I'm quite I'm quite happy with both your answers. I mean, they're both what fucking would your answer be? Would your uh, answer be that you'd just choose the Rasmus for cheese value? <laughs> well, yeah, that would be funny, <laughs> wouldn't it? Like, uh, uh, can't get any more self-deprecating than that. No, I mean, I would probably, right? This might sound like a bit of a curveball, but I would come out. Uh, I probably would do the whole running through the crowd thing like everyone's looking at like the big titan tron and waiting for me to run out between like the smoke and the fireworks and shit i'll just come through the crowd eating a hot dog to uh dragon forces beyond the here can beyond the flames you know what i mean it's, I'll be out, through the fire and flame through the fire yeah yeah yeah. imagine that he's just like some dude like mustard all over his face so far away like in his fucking days yeah oh i thought of another song for you i thought i thought another song for you steven right Fucking hit, you know the song that uh, Chad Kroger, of all people, did for the fucking Spider-Man film. Oh, the Spider-Man song. Oh, and they sing that a hero. Is it him and the guy from Seether? Yeah, that was, that was yeah. saliva. It was the frontman of saliva. Oh, is it saliva? Mate, uh, they're all the same. I, I yeah. like that song. I think that's a good song. Seether. Yeah, probably get shit for that, but I think that is a good song. You know, it's not the worst. I mean, it's Chad the best Kroger doesn't Chad Kroger. Yeah. He, did some, he did a decent song with uh, Carlos Santana. I can't remember which one it was, but right. we should maybe do a slate and celebrate it just on Chad Kroger alone. <laughs> the man is actually secretly a massive alpha male. <laughs> His self-indulgent fucking sea shanty song that they released recently was fucked, man. Yeah, so you know, like there's been this whole hype of like bands doing these sea shanties, and Trailer Park Boys did it, Golden Looking Chain did it, Trivium fucking did it. Yeah, and like they all wrote like these new songs to re-image this Weller Man Sea Shanty, and then Nickelback just come in and they've done like a weird sort of dancey version of Rockstar, 
and oh, tried to God. word it as a sea shanty. You're like, what the fuck have you done? <laughs> like, why have you tried to make this terrible song self indulgently a dance song and a sea shanty at the same time? Like, you are fucked. Oh, God. I mean, I just when you I'm think surprised. that, like, you know, I mean, Nickelback, they are obviously, you know, the whipping boys of music in general, but. I've always fought with Nickelback, like, oh, fuck me. I mean, there are, be- there are bigger things to hate, you know. They're just a band that can write big rock stadium rock songs and make, like, millions and millions of dollars off doing it. You know, if they get hate, like, they give a fuck. They're rich rock stars. But They're gonna, He's going to be crying all the... Chad Kroger's going to be crying all the way to the bank and then all the yeah. way to Avril Lavigne's house. Yeah, so I've never got the hate for Nickelback. I mean, I just think there are bigger things to hate than Nickelback. But when they do shit like that, I kind of... It, I think, oh, well, okay, you can't really like, this defend <laughs> you know, This makes um, a little bit more sense now. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, fair enough. Well, I'm not sure anyone gives a shit, but there you go. There you have it. If we were to be wrestlers, and if we were to be wrestlers, what our theme songs would be, you know what they are. So we've got Kristoff, uh, a ZZ Top song, Barney. What, what did you agree you wanted in the end? Was it... Oh. Click, click, boom by saliva. Click, click, boom. Yeah, saliva. And uh, me through the fire, through the flames by Dragon Force. With uh, extra mustard. With extra mustard. Uh, all right. Well, talking about talking of Slate and Celebrated, that was If We Were Wrestlers. um cool well that in that case uh brings us to the end of this week's episode so we hope that you've enjoyed listening as we've enjoyed talking copious amounts of shite and uh we will be back next week with uh more copious amounts of shite to talk about so in the meantime thank you very very much for listening and don't forget to like and subscribe on all of our social medias so instagram facebook our youtube channel Give it a like and subscribe. We can get a bit more communication going on between you guys. We'd like to hear from you. And, uh, yeah, once again, thank you very much for listening. Any final words, guys? Okay, great. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much again, and we will catch you next week. So goodbye. Goodbye for now.